Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text hope NY in New York. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome back to the Wolverine.com podcast. I'm John Borton here with Tom Crawford, our man on uh, Mondays, Tuesdays, early in the week, our man from East Lansing that uh, comes in and brings not only the knowledge, a lot of people have knowledge and follow things closely, but he combines it with considerable passion and uh, history behind him. Tom, welcome back to the podcast. Well, it's great to be back. John, you know, I'm out to walk and do my morning walk and feel a little football air. You know what I mean? A clean, clean, crisp, you know, 50 degrees, sunny, but uh, I'm not wishing the summer away uh, by any means. We wait too long. I'm just excited. Looking all summer long, talking all summer long forward about Michigan football and Michigan basketball and all things Michigan. I went to the softball game, saw Carol Hutchins' team mm-hmm. out here at Michigan State a couple of games. Uh, they lost uh, – they had they missed a great opportunity down the stretch on Sunday. Left too many men on ba- – too many women on base. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, they're still going the, Yeah, the NCAA tournament bound, though, for, for Hutch and her team. Oh, what a great athletic program it is this year. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh... 
many sided run from uh, Michigan varsity programs. We've talked about that quite a bit. And we are, you mentioned football. We're going to talk some football today. We're going to start out talking some basketball uh, because we talked last time about the uh, Caleb Houston getting an invitation from the NBA Combine. And as it turns out, he looked that invitation square in the eye and said, thanks, but no thanks. He turned it down. And now a lot of people are looking at that and saying, you know what that means, don't you? That means somebody's promised to draft him. So he's skipping the combine. And others are saying, you know what that means? He's probably got a first round promise. Your thoughts on uh, on that sort of speculation, Mr. Crawford? Yeah, admittedly, quite candidly, right when he announced he's pulling out of the draft, I thought, okay, this is cool. He's coming back. But then, you know, the span of uh, 12 hours, 18 hours, 24 hours goes by, and I'm not hearing anything about that he's coming back. Uh-oh. He's been, you know, he's tasting the, the Caleb Kool-Aid here that he's going to the NBA. Someone's giving him a whole pitch of pitcher full that he's going to go in the first or second round whatever so i think he's gone i mean as we're sitting today and i i, I think that's very unfortunate for him i i what happened out here at michigan St. max christie's going to the nba and he's been told the same thing he's going to be a first round okay you might end up in the g league i just think with the nil out there you can make money i don't understand why both of those young men would not come back next year at Michigan State, Michigan, respectively. I think it's a huge mistake. I am so freaking tired, John, of the word. Oh, the guy's got a lot of potential because so much in athletics lately, especially as of late, it seems to me in, in all sports, I'm seeing potential not fully utilized uh, and embraced. And and it's just the kids aren't putting the work in. They, they you know, they want to be. And once again, I'm going to get accused of being sound like an old man here, but get off. Put the work in. Go and earn. Go and earn it with the Michigan Wolverines. Thank you. Show show the NBA that you're ready and, and and embrace that college experience. You're going to be on a great team. You got a great coaching staff. Good lord, Caleb. A lot of time to play pro. Only a couple, you know, there's only one opportunity to play college basketball. I guess he's not into it that much. There's a whole lot of potential that's playing in Europe these days. Uh, yeah. Just just saying, and not not that there's anything wrong with that. Because And the CBA, okay, Jerry Seinfeld, not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> like, yeah. you, you, see, you see guys that have come through Michigan and have had, you know, really good and productive careers and interesting lives that they've spent other than in the NBA. But I, you know, when somebody that young does it, when somebody, and we don't know, this is, again, speculation based on uh, the fact that he turned down the NBA combine. If he does make that decision, um, I mean, if he makes it based on the fact that somebody's promised to draft him in the first round, it's hard to argue with it. If that's not the case and he's just decided, you know, I want to go, um, when anybody leaves that early to me, it's like, hey, go go get him, see ya. Well, the reason, he doesn't, the reason he doesn't want to go to the Combine is because he doesn't want to be exposed. You know, that's the reason he's not going to the Combine. 
because he knows he will be exposed and he'll he's he's what he's you know he's in the clubhouse right now you know he figured someone told him yeah you're good right now as it is and maybe there was some workouts and private workouts i don't know but i just you know it i don't know i just i i, I it's one of those i don't get it but hey listen this podcast is based on the opinions of john borton and tom crawford and so you know you take it for what it's worth what i'm what i'm spewing right here but um, I'm, I'm frustrated because I, I can't imagine what it's like to be a college basketball coach. And I know we're going to talk about the recruiting prowess and, and everything. I know that's a topic track about Juwan Howard. But, my God, you have, to, you have to be a crystal ball viewer, accurate viewer of what's this going to – is this kid going to stay? Is he going to go? I mean, you, you're, you're, you're recruiting your kids literally every day. You're counseling your kids every day. You're advising your kids every day. You're trying to – uh, build trust in your kids every day that they're going to listen to what you're saying. Uh, you've been in the NBA as a, as a player 19 years. You know what's the, what the NBA is like. I, I can't imagine Juwan Howard says, yeah, Caleb, go, go, go. You're ready. You're ready. I can't imagine yeah. he's hearing that from no. Juwan Howard. He's hearing it from somebody else who's got a vested interest in some other regard for Caleb Houston. Yeah, coaches have to be extremely nimble these days and be ready for anything. You know, you talk about uh, the fact that you think that Caleb Houston, uh, this is a sign that uh, he may well be gone. So then we look at, all right, does this tip the scales on 0 for 2 of uh, the guys that have declared for the NBA? And I think you're past the 50% mark, in my opinion, we're talking about our opinions here, that uh, that Michigan loses both Caleb Houston and Musa Diabate. Um, we kind of looked at uh, Diabate as the one who was more likely to go uh, going into it. And I you know, I felt that way right along. This one uh, coming a little bit out of the blue with the indications that, uh, you know, there may be some sort of a, a uh, behind-the-scenes promise to Caleb Houston. It has me thinking that uh, we may be saying see you to both of those guys after only their freshman seasons. Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I mean, you and I have talked about Musa on podcasts, off podcasts. I think we both, you know, we just, it was a gut feeling. I just, I, you know, it's just, I have a feeling he's, he's professional basketball bound, whether that's here in the, in the United States or overseas or in the CBA making a 150K a year or whatever. Maybe that's, maybe that's, that works for him. And, um, I, you know, it's, it's, it mystifies me some decision making. I'm, I'm still trying to get over the Frankie Collins decision uh, on that one. I mean, it's been a rough couple months. This is what's driving coaches crazy as their offseason is becoming more stressful than the than the season itself. You know, there's there's no days off. And, uh, you know, to be Juwan Howard, to be any of these coaches, I've shared conversations with Tom Izzo, what he's going through. He just lost Max Christie yesterday. I mean, Michigan State is, is going to be – undermanned next year not that that breaks my heart but i you know in in reality max christie would benefit coming back next year and michigan state would benefit from him coming back so it's just the way it is and uh it frustrates me because i'm i love college basketball and and i hate guys leaving too early yeah yeah i mean you're gonna have you're gonna see both sides of it probably for michigan this year in that uh here's the nil 
keeping Hunter Dickinson here for his junior year when everybody said going into his sophomore year, hey, enjoy it because he's long gone after this year. He's around as a junior and two freshmen that uh, you could have potentially projected to be around at least two, if not three years, you know, now could be gone. So we're going to we're going to take a, a long look at at what happens there. I want to to roll this into what Juwan Howard is doing with recruiting right now. And we checked in uh, on our site with uh, with on3.com analyst Jamie Shaw that that had the following to say. I want to have you react to this, Tom, with regard to what uh, what this recruiting analyst had to say about Juwan Howard and his recruiting. I'm quoting here, he's recruiting at a high level. He continually gets good kids. Last year, he recruited a class that was kind of one and done heavy, or so they thought coming in. And I like this class a lot. Now, the current class, because he's bringing multi-year guys. There are multiple guys in this class that have a potential to be three-year starters and win a lot of games. You have to have those types on your team. And we're talking about, uh, close quote, we're talking about guys, uh, the headliners obviously are Terrace Reed and Jet Howard, but you've also got Doug McDaniel and uh, Greg Glenn. Um, about them, Shaw said the following, these are guys, there are guys that are just under the NBA radar, but high level college players, they'll stay for two or three years so they can get that continuity. I think Terrace Reed has got a chance to be a star. Jet Howard is somebody who has a chance to be really, really good as a college player that wins a tons of games. The other kids have unique stuff to them, but both are question or have question marks where they could just soar and be great players. Overall, it's a really good class. Your thoughts when you hear though that sort of analysis? Uh, I mean, who knows what they can turn into? We we th- we didn't think that uh, the freshmen that that are positioned to perhaps go now uh, would be gone after one year. Uh, at least after seeing them early on in this past season. Well, I think, you know, I'm going to take Jet Howard out of this equation because, I mean, this is a special circumstance. I mean, his dad's the coach. I think Jet Howard, I mean, it's not like money is the issue in that family, okay? So, I mean, I, I see Jet Howard staying maybe three years, uh, you know, and continuing to refine his, maybe try to win a national championship with his brother and his dad. I mean, because, once again, it's not by need. You know, and, and you know, in terms of the others, I mean, in with Reed and things, you know, uh, McDaniel, maybe it, it depends on how it goes. This, this freshman year, if they have a sensational year, all of a sudden things change. I mean, I remember Jordan Poole came in as a freshman and he seemed to be always tagging along. You, you, you know, I mean, that, that first year, with, with, you know, it's like, it's like, wow, this guy's got some potential here. And, the, and then at the end of the, his freshman year, he has this game winner against Houston to, to put his team into the sweet 16 and oh God, oh, now he'll go, he'll, but he came back that sophomore year. And I think that was so key for him. Yeah. I would have liked him to stay selfishly a third year, but I think he, he got it uh, matched up with a good franchise of development and you know, he paid his dues those first couple of years and look what he's doing right now. So, I mean, Jordan Poole, I think there's a sweet spot. John of two years. 
this one and done, I just don't think it, I think it's lose-lose in a lot of regards. Yeah, maybe the guy, you know, it's win for the guy who gets a big contract, but I'm just not, you know, I just, nine times out of 10, it doesn't look like, it, it, it just has a bad feel when I one and done her. I love the two and done her. And I think maybe a couple of these guys are two and done her. Two and done her is good for me. I'll take that. I mean, I, I was watching college basketball and kids only played varsity three years, sophomore, junior, and senior year. And they really didn't play much until their junior year. So two and done is fine. But the one and done sucks. Now you talk you talk about how much things change. I distinctly remember John Beeline coming here and kind of coveting the Wisconsin model where they had a bunch of seniors, even if they weren't uh, you know the the top players in the country when they're starting out and grab all the headlines. you know that that Wisconsin, all oh, these guys that have been around forever and are are gonna get you. You say, uh, that uh, one and done leaves a little bad taste in your mouth. Give me a here's here's a hypothetical for you. If if you have a chance for a one and doneer that is a is a five star and uh, or a a two and done guy. I mean, and this is all hindsight after it happens. Uh, but a two and done guy that uh, is maybe a, a four star cut below, but uh, but good potential. Who would you take? Uh, two words, Trey Burke. I mean, he was he was more the latter you're describing, and he wasn't even a four star. I think wasn't no. he a three star, or three star? Uh, yeah, and and yet he had a great year that freshman year. Remember when we were a little bit nervous about you know his freshman year? I think they lost to Ohio U in the opening round, and and uh, and Trey's you know you know contemplating leaving. I go, oh God, mm. look what. By him coming back the following year, what happened? They yeah. got to the title game, a game they should have, that, you know, some questionable calls kept them from uh, a large part from winning a national championship. That 2013 season was a wonderful year, you know, and and I I just, I, I, I can't express enough how that important that second year helped Jordan Poole, helped Nick Stauskas, right? Trey Burke. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of these kids have gone two years that, um, and and then I'm fine with that. You know, I feel like you know they've there's, they've they've shown enough commitment to the school, and the school's shown commitment to them, giving them a platform and opportunity. They're going to end up making a lot of money. The Jordan Poole thing. I mean, the fact that I am a Golden State Warriors NBA fan right now tells you how 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 I'm wrapped up in Jordan Poole because to me the Warriors. Is Draymond Green a guy I can't stand? Who's not only a, a you know he not only hates Michigan, he disrespects Michigan. Doesn't have any respect. The fact I'm wanting his team to win tells you how much I'm I'm all excited about this Jordan Poole emergence in the NBA. Very happy for him, and I have a great feeling about Jordan Poole's career at Michigan as well as what he's doing in the NBA. All right, and. As you said, Trey Burke uh, becomes the National Player of the Year because he listens to the Tom Crawford wisdom <laughs> stay for year two. No, no, uh, no, no I, you know he's. Uh, I, I I like the the two year plan, um, especially these days because you know it's it's. You know, I I actually like the Hunter Dickinson three year plan. If well, you're that's all to, about uh, it. Yeah, but... be that good, but so. 
let's let's uh, let's shift gears here. We've uh, we've talked a lot of basketball. We're going to see how this plays out, and we are certainly going to see how everything plays out for Jim Harbaugh and the University of Michigan football program. You know, we're putting together a uh, our football preview. Uh, something that I know that you uh, anticipate and enjoy every year, and I much appreciated. Tom Tom Crawford is our unofficial uh, the Wolverine football preview spokesperson. Yes, uh, uh, yeah, I'm the Dave Abloff of the Michigan preview issue. I'll conduct <laughs> all the interviews with all the superstar editors and all that stuff. I'll do all that. Bring them in there, and you guys are interviewed by the media. It's great. All right. Well, speaking of <laughs> speaking of interviews, I, I have been talking to uh, a wide cast of characters from John Jansen to Rob Renus to uh, to Chris Hutchison to uh, our one of our favorites and regulars, Doug Skeen, Doug Karsh, the new play by play man of Michigan football on the radio. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into this. One of the things that I'm I'm asking people are uh, involves what are the top three items for Michigan football this fall in terms of repeating what they did last year. That doesn't mean you run the table. That means you you beat Ohio State, you make it to Indianapolis, you you have a chance to make the playoffs. The the top three things, given we understand they it's a different group of guys uh, in some areas, dramatically so on defense. Uh, what what top three things? Either you know it, it doesn't have to be uh nuts and bolts football it can be also intangibles and a, a lot of guys mentioned some intangibles but what would be the the top th- three items on tom crawford's list that okay you get these th- three things right you're going to have the the kind of year that you did last year well it's gonna be kind of a a mixed blend of, of things and or events and then maybe people i'll start with number one that number one to me is October 1. What happens in October 1? Michigan goes to Iowa City. I will lay a dozen donuts. That's going to be a night game, right? Warmer weather, going to be a night game. Michigan be undefeated. Iowa, you know, Iowa, Michigan repeat of, of, uh, you know, a rematch of the Big Ten uh, championship game in Indy last December. Michigan in that game has got to win that game if they're going to if they're going to have any aspirations of winning the Big Ten championship or going to the CFP. And this is why I was so frustrated, John, the fact that that non-conference schedule we, that we broke down and I lamented about and until you were blue and amazing blue in the face about, you know, they're not playing anybody, they're not going to learn anything. They have got to execute in that game without really knowing what they're capable of doing because they're not going to be exposed in those first few non-conference games playing all those group of five non-conference teams at home and you got Maryland coming to the big house. Okay. So they got and when you gotta what do you gotta do in Iowa City? I'm not worried about Michigan's defense, even though they got some issues at linebacker and we don't know, you know, if if, if some of the young guys are gonna be able to step up under fire. I'm worried about can this offense take over that stadium with swag? Like LSU when they went down to Austin, they took over that stadium a few years ago and 
and and and in a in a top five and just quieted that crowd and blew them out. Okay, with Joe Burrow quarterback. That's what Michigan's got to do. Number one, or else if they if they if they swing and miss in that game, we're in for an average season outback bowl. Maybe go to Orlando for the Citrus Bowl. I mean, that's where it's headed because you won't have you'll have to make up. For for you know you want you didn't have any non conference big jewel wins and you got to wiggle your way back in it's going to be very hard and plus they're not going to have any confidence Iowa City that's my number one the other the other two the other two elements obviously defense is like I mentioned who is junior uh, junior Colson who is he going to be a a standout linebacker a, a guy that you've pinpointed um, and then and then and then back to offensively. The quarterback situation, can J.J. McCarthy be the starting quarterback? He's got to be the starting quarterback. In my mind, this team's going to go to where it needs to go to be at the high caliber it it, uh, hopes to be. Very nice. Very nice. Very insightful. Very... uh, Out on the limb a bit in in some ways. (laughs) I will say say this. We 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 absolutely disagree on on point number three because I don't think it has to be <laughs> JJ McCarthy. I just the the more I hear about Cade McNamara's leadership and the way he's gone about his business, uh, the the more confident I feel that uh, he will be the quarterback again with with a with uh, a a significant mixture of J.J. McCarthy like you had last year. You know, hopefully they both stay healthy and we can see them both. But uh, here's something that, that, that might tie into this. And I don't want to give away the store in terms of what we're producing in the, uh, in the football preview. But one of the things that some of these old-time guys were, were mentioning when this question came up, you know, and uh, – a couple of them said, you know, the number one thing, the number one thing. And they didn't talk about the, the offense. They didn't talk about the defense. He said, they said, it's the leadership that you get between now and that opening kickoff. It's, it's recapturing what you had last year in guys like Aiden Hutchison and uh, David Ojabo and Cade McNamara in how they led and how they how they directed this whole thing. How, how diligent are the summer workouts? How diligent is this offensive line in getting together and becoming what last year's was or even more? So I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see not just okay, how do they bring things together on the defense? Or how can they, as you mentioned, go out with an offense and take over with some swagger and decisiveness? But also, do they have that same feel? Are they are, are they, jo- they They won't get the chance to join in on the jump around in, in Madison this year, but are they going to have that kind of a team? That kind of a stick your chin out we're not scared of you we're joining in the fun and we're going to make the fun well that's where i that's why i lean on jj mccarthy i talk about ultimate leadership and i'll give you that example remember the wisconsin game speaking of the wisconsin game they go to mass and they fly back what does jj go out with two of his comrades out there you know he t- takes two of his uh, fellow freshmen they go out and they throw in the football building on saturday night 
instead of going to the dorms and party and celebrating that big win over Wisconsin. That is leadership in my mind. I, that's 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 leaders. It's like after the after they lost the Orange Bowl, he goes out there and he watches that ceremony along with Donovan Edwards. Okay, because he knows he wants. That's where he wants to be. I, that's where leadership, I think, starts with JJ McCarthy, and that starts with your quarterback. And that's why I just think I I, I just think this is going to be a a damn shame if this guy sits on the bench. 20% of the time of his entire career. Um, I, if that happens, that's going to be one of the, you talk about, you know, failed opportunities in the Michigan football program of having a great quarterback because Ohio State's going to have a great quarterback. And all these teams that win, that get into the CFP, they have great quarterback play. And I don't think Kay McNamara is going to bring it to the level of J.J. McCarthy. Well, I uh, again, that's a that's a wonderful parting of the ways uh, for us on this podcast because I think Cade McNamara has so many intangibles, and I think, uh, and but I do not think I do not uh, think that uh, JJ McCarthy is going to languish on the bench and only play twenty percent of the time. And well, how do you do I, that though? What do you do though, John? Throw that out before we close out. What do you do in that in terms of number of snaps? You split it. What do you do? I think, no, I don't split it 50-50. I think you have a starting quarterback, and then I think you have a wonderfully talented uh, backup quarterback in J.J. McCarthy who comes on and increases his role from last year and does more and does a heck of a lot more than uh, the greatest quarterback in the history of the universe did in his oh. first first year or two at Michigan. <laughs> so, you know, things didn't turn out too badly for that guy. I'm I'm just saying. Oh, we're going to have a vibrant, the, the 22 season, John Board, Tom Crawford, and the Wolverine podcast. We're going to be going at this all the it's time. Gonna... You'll be, you be Kate McNamara's uh, sports information director. I'll be J.J. McCarthy. We'll represent our guy all season long. I'll be Lloyd Carr. I like them both. <laughs> I like them both. <laughs> Mr. Diplomatic Lloyd Carr. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. that's going to that's gonna wrap us for this week. Tom Crawford, it is so much fun to, uh, to join in this with you. Uh, we will do it throughout the summer. We will do it into the fall and into these seasons that we're talking about. Appreciate you, my brother, and uh, we will talk again very soon. Always a pleasure, JB. Until next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, 
Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.